Hello and welcome to episode 760 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, December 12th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. And Justin, Oof, that hot stove is blazing, man. How you doing? Keeping me nice and warm in the, in the cold, rainy weather that is happening in Northern California. So. Oh, and, and Central Texas. Yeah. Disgusting weather. It's 35 when I took out shower this morning. This- Absolute nightmare. I, I think the fact that things have happened so fast, and especially comparatively speaking to the last couple of years, mm-hmm. it like it feels like a whirlwind. Oh, it 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 feels unbelievable in comparison to the last two years. It's probably what normal was like mm-hmm. before that, but we don't remember. Yeah, and um, and I'm okay with that because those the slogs of the last two years sucked, man. It was awful. Like we were plucking, you know, low end, mid tier guys who would sign and be like, "Let's base the entire show around that." Cool. And uh, and now like tons of stuff is off the board. There's still there's still talent out there, but this winter meetings. I mean, it, it you couldn't have planned it better. Like all the all the big dogs went. Oh yeah, it just it, it's been amazing. I mean, to the point where. Last year, I did a contest on Vangraphs, like pick the best or, you know, pick where everybody's going to go. And I couldn't get that up and running in time. Like, it just, yeah. it happens. It everything just... happens so fast. Like, I didn't get it to do it this year. So I'll have to remember next year to, to do it uh, quite a bit earlier. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's been awesome. And hopefully that means some of these guys who were left without jobs or had to take minor league deals will actually get deals before the you know start of spring training we won't have people signing you know two weeks into spring yes, training this year exactly and so like i said there's still some talent out there but but so many of the big dogs have signed since we last talked let's just dive right into it and talk about garrett cole and you you knew that uh, that once the yankees were involved they were probably going to get them let's just be honest about it and and they flex their muscle that they finally got their guys is like their first big signing in a while. They have not, you know, just bullied the market recently. And I think it's because they haven't been the guys that they want to bully the market with. Even last year with Machado and Harper, they, they weren't great fits for what they had. This couldn't have been a better fit. Now, when despite him being the best, it's hard to spend a lot of time on him because I think for my aspect, there's not a whole lot that changes except the one thing of where I'm not as big on guys the very first year in a mega deal like this when they've become when they're becoming the ace for the first time. I tend to lay off. It doesn't mean that they're gonna suck. History says that they're they're generally a bit worse. That's usually because they're coming off a peak though. It's not as much about the contract as it, they are coming off a peak. But that applies for Cole. He's absolutely coming off of a peak season. So I'm not sinking him down my rankings to ten and like trying to, you know, put my wiener on the table like, ah, I, I, this is how daring I am, but I do have him four, and I do stand by that behind Verlander, Degrom, so Scherzer. You're not going to move him though to even like five no. or six because no, 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 like no, no, we no. knew he wasn't going back to Houston. So and this this is this was exactly you're 100 percent right. This was my non-Houston move. This was my new team move was to put him four in a group of four that you can rank in any way. Though that's the thing. I just happen to have the new guy in the new spot down a little bit. I just like to allow, allow a year for transition. It's a personal preference. 
And so that's why I've got Cole four. But if you look at the actual, you know, park factors, division factors, everything that he took from Houston. The, by the way, let me let me please shut up the people who think he's going to revert back to Pittsburgh guy. <laughs> like he's going to forget everything Houston taught him. Like they had to like matrix teach him everything every time he went out to start. And he's th- going to be like, Duh, I don't know how to pitch now. Do you think he has an advantage coming from Houston? Because he already knows all the Yankee signs. That's a good point. That's a good point, right? He's gonna come right in and be like, "Guys, no, no, I'm, I'm ready yeah, for. No, it. No. I know everything you guys. Yeah, do. don't I, worry. Yeah, I, you know, just just hit the just hit the trash can. He's gonna bring it. And he should walk in with a trash can. That'd be funny. <laughs> I wish they had a big hitter on the. You know, because it's like that. It, the pitchers aren't really involved in this. I wish there would have been a big Houston hitter. Mm-hmm. On the market, he gets signed and he comes to his press conference with a trash can. He could just <laughs> like follow Severino around, and like every time Severino <laughs> turns, he like hits the trash can. Boom! What are you doing, man? Uh, it's super right. left and there, one there, there, right. There and was, I, I you were breaking right. right there, and I just yeah. had to, you know. I knew it was coming. Um, are you are you ranking Cole first? No. I have Scherzer first. Yeah, I got uh, no problem with that. I and I mean, the the you know top three four guys. I don't think there's a huge difference. No, I, re- I really I really don't. I think you can mix them, mix them and match them as you see fit. And yeah, I don't think that Cole has to be the unquestioned number one. I mean, look at Degrom. He he. He kind of gets short shrift because in most rankings he's been the four, and he's been he's been seen a bit as the as the unquestioned four. And I'm like, this guy just won back to back Cy Youngs, right? Like we are <laughs> we are aware of what this guy's been doing, right? And, and the, but again, the team's only going to get better around him, right? I mean, it's going to you get would think de- better defensively, better uh, bullpen, better bullpen. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially with the you know we're going to talk about the walk and the Porcello signings like that keeps Gazelman and Lugo in the bullpen, which is good for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yes. And, and I think Diaz will re- regress too. like, if you look under the hood, there's still a lot to like about Diaz. So you got to figure that the was, factors around down the stretch, like it, yeah, no like his stuff was still there. Yeah. So, um, let's move on to Strasburg. He stays with Washington. Um, I felt remarkably confident that they were going to get one of their guys back, and I did think it was going to be Strasburg. They love starting pitching. That's what they build on. And, um, you know, they let Harper walk. Now they're letting Rendon walk, and they like to have the aces up front, and they'll figure, you know, kind of everything out from there. Not that they don't have good lineup or anything like that, but they like big front-line pitching. Now, Strasburg, like Cole, is coming off a peak, a peak that carried throughout October. It was a hell of a season for Strasburg. I've been a Strasburg backer in recent years as his price has sunk a little bit under the idea of, well, he's never been bad. Like, he's truly never been bad. And yes, he gives you a, a challenged inning count. The last four years coming into this year, it was 145 per season. So he can be absolutely frustrating. The DFS community absolutely despises him. I don't know if they changed their tune this year, but every Strasburg so. start, if you follow key DFS guys, they uh, 
the they just agonize over the oh here we go here's the next strain in the third inning or whatever that didn't happen this year 209 innings led the nl 18 wins led the nl uh 251 strikeouts 332 era 104 whip beast unmitigated awesome badass in the playoffs helped lead the world series he was the world series mvp it all goes right so he gets the massive deal however we have to be honest and and talk about the fact that that was only his second 200 inning season where do we stand with with Strasburg now he's co- again he's coming off a peak and his price is likely to rise do you now pivot the other way and say whoa I'll catch y'all on the flip side on this uh on this Strasburg business yeah I can't rationalize taking him where he's going. He's going in the top thirty, so you got to you got to yep. use a second round pick on him. Ninth uh, SP. Yeah, his max pick right now is forty, and like I feel like he should be going around forty. Like that should be his ADP yeah, behind. I, so you want him behind Snell, yeah. and right around Sale. Yeah, I, I don't that, think you're wrong. That seems about right. I mean, you know who Strasburg is, right? And I don't know if I've made this comp on this podcast or someone else or somewhere else before, uh, but he is the Alex Rios of pitching. Oh my God! Wait, wait, wait! Flesh this out. I want. I want to hear this. You don't remember? Like Alex Rios was the guy who would like win you your league one year, and then you yeah, yeah, totally no, buy back him. in, and then he crush the you. Uh, and but, you okay, always the, saw the, the talent, reason I don't but, agree with that is, is Strasburg doesn't crush you, even with those challenged innings counts. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I, well, Alex Rios didn't crush you either. Like ex- that's fair. Well, there, okay. was, there was one year there he really where he really crushed you, but even that 2011. Year, yeah. So, but it just it, it just felt so disappointing. You, you know, you spend thirty dollars on him, and then you know he returns. You know. 13 and you're like it's this, not this that is, bad but yeah this is after 06 07 and 08 mm-hmm. he was a a lockdown stud then he was he kind of ping-ponged around and i'll just give you his his um ops plus from 09 to 12 79 111 63 126 and even the 79 you still got 17 homers and 24 steals so like you're saying you're kind of like convincing yourself like it wasn't that bad and then he bounced back 21 34 13 11 25 23 okay okay this, this has a little bit of merit to it then i can get get with you especially because the the real thing is the strasburg i'm sure so many people quit him after 18 mm-hmm. 130 innings and it was a 374 era so even the era was a bit high at that point a 120 whip which was a career worst. So yeah, it was actually coming off of arguably his worst season. He comes out to have his best season. Knowing what you're going to get from Strasburg this year seems impossible. Yeah. I I think the best you can do is just go to the most basic projection system there is and three-year average it, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I just, it's... uh... Which, by the way... Uh, I'll let you go here in one second. I'll just say 171 innings, 315 ERA, 107 whip, 14 wins is what that would be. That's, so That's pretty good. <laughs> that's still good. That's still but really is it good. top 10 pitcher? That, that's, I have no problem. That's if people question. want to build around Strasburg, uh, I just think you're, you're paying for the playoffs uh, a mm-hmm. little bit. Obviously playing, paying for that great season. And 
I mean, how much different is he than his teammate Patrick Corbin? Patrick yeah, Corbin. yes, I mean, yes. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly where I was going. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I know. I, I I feel that. I feel that. I mean, and, isn't and that's he exactly the, the same as like Clayton Kershaw at this point? A guy that when he's on the mound is going to deliver you great results. We just don't know how many innings we're going to get. Yep. Yep. I think that's right. So we're not comfortable with nine on, uh, on Strasburg right now. I, I tend to agree with you there. That seems too high. Um, let me see in my original. Oh, Oh God. Oh God. We have him like five. Oh God. No, I got him. I got him. Hang on. Hang on. I got to check something real quick. Oh, God. Oh, God. When I did my rankings in August, August 15th, I had him eighth. Ooh. I had him eighth over Snell. I'm full of shit. I do pay, I do pay this yeah, price. Yeah, that was before oh, the Jack, Jack Flaherty. That's August, though, right? That's before the yeah, Jack Flaherty really taking a step forward. Who do you have? Who would you have above him? Bieber, Sale, Bueller, and then the four. So, I mean, let's do some would-you-rathers with some of those guys, okay? Would you rather have uh, Strasburg or Clevenger? The fact you're I thinking think I, about this I is... I think I go for... I love Clevenger, dude. See, the, the, the part that's getting me, though, is I, I mentioned right out, of the, right out of the gate here. I love Strasburg, and so I was so excited by his season. He was pitching very well in August. And I was like, yo, here we go. Pacing toward his second 200 season, 200 inning season has literally never been bad. That was the note I put in there. And so I did love him. But now as I kind of sit back and think about it over the course of the offseason, I'm like, maybe this is one of those ones where it's like you understand the ranking, but it's hard to pay the price. And then we challenge ourselves, should we still put the guy there? If you're never going to pay the price, should you put him there? And I think... I'm going to say no and move him down a few ranks yeah. I, because I would, I would buy Snell even coming off of the broken year. Yeah. Okay. Give me Luis All Castillo right. going what, uh, 23 picks later. Give me Giolito going 25 picks later. Kershaw going mm-hmm. 25 picks later. Severino going 26 spots later. I just, this I, is, he, he might be okay where he's ranked, but I understand people who don't want to pay the price. That's that's what I'll say with regards to um, Steven Strasburg. Okay, let's move on here and talk about Anthony Rendon, his former teammate, who once this one felt obvious once Strasburg or once excuse me once Cole fell through for the Angels, they pivoted to Rendon. They even telegraphed the move a little bit, although you could say that the Cozart move was for Cole as well, because it was really just to move money. They had to include their number one pick, by the way, which I, I, I did show my, I did show my uh, lack of dynasty play guys. I, I know he was a first round pick. I was trying to be funny in my trade write up. I wrote will Wilson does indeed play baseball because I don't play dynasty. I'm sorry. I'm a bad person. It, it was, it was too flippant. I understand. But I did it, and um, it, you know, someone was like, "You know, he's the first." Pick. I, I was like, "I know." I, you know, I looked up who he was, but I just was like, "There really wasn't anything to write about him." Uh, but you know, so they had to move their first round pick to get your Giants to take Cozart's money, and 
um, we knew that that was going to bring somebody for them. And it ended up being Rendon. So Rendon comes over. Trout gets gets his big uh, his big boy to go with him this year, and it happens to be on his side of the field. So it's still a great offseason for them, right, as far as just, like, improving the team. You can almost make a case, because you and I have actually a few uh, players that we're suckers for in their rotation. If we combine our forces, we can really fall for this rotation. You leading the Heaney charge, my dumbass never quitting Bundy. Um, I don't know if you've been indoctrinated by Nick about Patrick Sandoval's uh, interesting upside, but I have. I'm, I haven't, I, but I mean, Canning is a guy that I've I've liked. Yeah, and I love Otani. I'm obsessed with Otani. So I, I can start to really convince myself of some things. So then you look and you put Rendon in the middle of that lineup and holy crap, it really does change how it looks. Now, it's still flawed. I think they need still need to go out and play in some of that mid-market, low-end market stuff to pick up some spots. But it's a nice move. As far as Rendon goes, though, does it change anything for him? I don't think so. I think That's the weird, that's gonna, the yeah. weird thing about this uh, offseason, right? Our three biggest guys, they don't really change. Because yeah. Cole goes to New York, Strasburg stays, and Rendon goes to L.A. And I'm just not sure that it does anything. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't get to benefit from, like, the short porch being a righty there, so... True, uh, true. I don't expect, like, a huge power boost or anything, even moving to the American League. Uh, I expect him to kind of do what he does, hit 30 home runs, hit, like, 290, 100, 100, you know, chip in some steals. Uh, And that is... I think that's super underrated, especially considering this is a guy that we used to worry about injuries, and he's had at least 597 plate appearances in each of his last four seasons. Four years and five of six. He really only has the one injury season, which was 80 games in 2015. Yes, he played 136 games in 18, but you can't be crying about what you got that year, 24-92 with 88 runs and a 308 average. He's so amazing, Anthony Rendon is, that even if you do get uh, ripped off a little bit and you come away with like 500 plate appearances, they're going to be good, right? And I th- I think I'm with you. You say it's underrated. He's going 22 on average. I feel like he should be at least firmly in – well, I guess that is firmly in the second round. I'm a dumb human being. But um, I-, I think Math he should be up a little bit. Yeah, like, uh, sorry, I, I don't. I guess I was thinking in twenty team leagues. No, I'm just kidding. But um, would you take him over Jose Ramirez? Because that's the one guy that he could leapfrog at third base, because you're not putting him over Arenado at eleven, obviously. I mean, I guess it depends on who I took in the first round. Okay, if with I... regards to your speed. Yeah, if I didn't take any speed in the first round, I'm probably going to go Jose Ramirez. If I did take a guy with speed, I'll probably go Rendon. Or if I feel like the guy I took in the first round, like I'd rather pair Rendon uh, with a pitcher because I, I feel like just about to say that. I feel like yep. his floor is so safe that if something happens to the pitcher, I don't have to worry about both my first two rounds. You know, How hot is a Scherzer Rendon turn? Oh, Erland or Rendon. That's pretty hot. Yeah. So I I do, I do still think he should be up a few spots. I'll tell you what. 
if you want to pull Ramirez up a couple spots with him, I'm okay with that too. But they would both leapfrog Tatis at that point, which I don't know that we necessarily agree with that though, because we were talking about him as a potential first rounder. So I think the 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 real answer here is that it's not a satisfying one. It depends. And we've talked about how jumbled the top 25-ish really is. Now there's pockets, right? It's like a top five and then a and then a next eight, but then but then the next twelve really do kind of jumble in any sort of way that you want to go, and it will depend on who you've already got. So Rendon will live somewhere in there. For instance, his highest uh, in my I, I did an NFBC draft champions league with a bunch of guys oh, yeah, that's right. fancy benefits. Uh Matt Thompson, uh uh from you know from from Friends of Fantasy Benefits and Prospects Live, he had the wheel and he took Walker Bueller and Anthony Rendon. I dig that. I can yeah. I can get behind that a hundred percent. The like you said, the pitcher Rendon turn mm-hmm. is very appealing to me because I'll, you, I'll you, take my Lindor Scherzer first two rounds. That's also amazing. Yes, <laughs> so. I, I do love that. But again, that just highlights our point right now of the depth of these first couple rounds. So Rendon having a wide uh, berth here of 14 to 31 on his picks, you understand it. So that's where we're at with Anthony Rendon. Let's keep moving on here because we still have a lot to talk about. And as we get further, some of these trade, some of these moves actually do have uh, a bigger impact. Tommy Pham deal. Now I will say right off the top, I do not believe this is a hundred percent done yet. There was some chatter about, Fam's elbow and San Diego's discomfort with it. So I do not believe that this is official, but let's talk about it as is. Tommy Pham and Jake Cronenworth for Hunter Renfro and some slapdick prospect. <laughs> I totally forgot about Who that. To me, Xavier <laughs> Edwards. Dude, dude, I was streaming and they're like, um, my chat's like, bro. Um, Blake just re- just uh, just reacted to the trade. He's so bummed about Fam getting dealt. So like ran over to his stream or whatever. Someone had clipped it and they play it, and I'm like, I don't know that that I, I didn't. I I cannot say that I knew that it was gonna go as viral as it did. But I was like, I don't know if that's gonna be good. Oh. Ten minutes later, it is exploding, and I'm like, I so I DM'd him. I said. I said, don't delete it. I said, just own it. It's too because late at that point. Have, like, that's what I yeah, said. I mean, it's... but I think his mods, like, conv- his moderators, convinced him to delete it and everything because he was freaking out a little bit. He's a really nice guy. He really, really is. And he, he was caught in an honest moment where loves Tommy Pham. Yeah. Like that. That. That's all it is. He has no idea who Xavier Edwards is. If you listen to his apology, he's very clear that he's like, I, I. It could have been Juan Soto. I don't. I, it's I'm losing my brother, mm-hmm. and that's all I care about. So if you can't appreciate that, then you're a slapdick, in my opinion. And I'm biased. I I call I call Blake a friend, but I felt so bad for him, dude. Because once John Boy had, had it on our like, podcast yet. Um. But speaking of clips, Ooh. there is a clip of him saying, "Bro, need to get on your podcast this off season." He literally said it yes. in his stream. So. Keep that keep that in in mind, and uh, I don't know he's going to give us anything now that he got in trouble. But uh, it, it's all good. I'm pretty sure Tell he's him spoken I can to edit anything X. out. 
Yeah, we can. I we won't, can have him but it. I can. Uh, we can, but we're not going. You know, we're going to keep the juicy stuff. But um, let's talk about this trade then. So it's Tommy Pham going to San Diego. Jake Cronenworth, mildly interesting prospect. I'll let you speak on him if you have any dynasty takes there. With Hunter Renfro and Xavier Edwards, who the funny thing about the slap dick thing is he's a slap hitter. That's what made it hilarious <laughs> to me. Which again, Blake does not know that. He doesn't know Xavier Edwards from any other prospect. And I love that he pointed out in his apology, I would have said it if it was Juan Soto. I don't care. Lost my brother. I was bummed. And I, I'm, I apologize to, to Xavier. But he is a premium prospect, actually. Especially uh, I believe he's Yes, because he's super speedy, super average, top 10 guy. And I'll let you get more into him in a moment. But let's talk about Fam and Renfro. Assuming this goes through, Fam out in San Diego. How do you feel about him? He's been kind of who he is the last three years. Three solid seasons. Um, 535, 76, 54 on the plate appearances. They're going up. And yet it's been the same season. And I think I know why. Because instead of sitting out with the injuries, he just plays through them. And so he has these lulls. Because the WRC Plus has gone down in concert. 149, 130, 121. So it's almost like if he'd sat out, it wouldn't have mattered but maybe people feel more comforted by the fact that he played 654 last year, and he definitely played through some stuff. So, what do you think of Fam in San Diego? I mean, I, I think I don't think his value necessarily changes a ton. Uh, maybe they let him steal a little bit more. Uh, okay. So, and I think because wasn't he hitting mostly middle of the order in Tampa? I got him. Uh, hitting second. So okay. You know, I, I think he's going to be leading off. It looks like in in San Diego, uh, so maybe he does. You know, steal. Uh, you know, attempt a few more stolen bases, and uh, that increases his value. Ultimately, I, I don't know that it changes his value. You don't think Tatis oh, will lead off? I think Tatis. he's number two hitter again. Yeah, then I guess he Tatis is. fam Machado is pretty hot. By the yeah, way, yeah, and then Hosmer. Oh. No, they, uh, then uh, yeah. Don't they worry, he's a free agent. So, oh, oh no, <laughs> Bruh, he's in, free agent just like five years from now. Don't worry, just ride it out. Um, yeah, and then it goes Hosmer, and then Grisham, Mejia. We'll see what this it, is. It, a France really interesting stuff. team. I mean, it's just it uh, is. It, it's a it really is. interesting team. Uh, up and down it. Uh, that bullpen could be absolute fire. Uh, it's got some interesting pieces in the rotation. Uh, I like I said, I don't think it changes much for Fam in terms of his his own value. Uh, okay. Does he I, help others? Does he help a Machado? Maybe maybe Lewis? Machado gets a few more RBI. Yeah, because he was down to eighty five last year, which was a uh, career low among full uh, not, not a career low among full seasons he had 71 in 2013 but it was a five-year low so maybe he gets some more rbis for fam gets some more rbis for machado and maybe some more runs scored for uh tatis um let's talk about renfro then renfro power guy 33 homers but a 216 average one thing that you need to know about him though that 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 cuts a particular figure, and if you've seen Renfro, you have a certain idea of what he is. Just some corner guy who should probably be a DH. Premium nope. defensive player. Premium. Was an, an elite defensive player last year. Really turned his game around and was super, super impressive. And I guarantee that that was something that 
the the Rays zeroed in on with uh, Renfro and said, whoa, look at this. Uh, because Meadows is terrible defensively. Avi, uh, Avi Garcia, not so good. And I believe uh, is a free, free agent, agent anyway. Yeah. But in terms of what they're up- upgrading from what they had last year. So he's not going to be the DH. This is going to be able to put um, Meadows into more of a DH role. So here's the thing. Do you see any potential improvement for Renfro in his bat? He hit 248, 231 the two years before. Can he eclipse that or at least get back to that? This is your type of guy if you believe that he can, though. Yes, because I do. The, the 216 price is going to drive him down, or the 216 average is going to drop the price, and then you get a chance to swoop in and, and scoop up a 245 to 260. I think he, you know, he could. 260 be, would be the high end, by the I, way. I'll just yeah, say. I'd probably project him like 230. But I think yeah, the yeah. big uptick is going to be in plate appearances. I mean, we're mm-hmm. not going to have to worry about the Padres dicking around and sitting them like you know once every three days. So no, I actually think the Rays will will install him because yeah, of that defense. Exactly. So, and they just don't have the depth in the outfield uh, that the Padres did last year, where they were trying mm-hmm. to get Fran Mill in and Margot in. Uh, so Will Myers mm-hmm. and yeah. So I mean it's it, it who knows with <laughs> with the Rays though because they you know how much they love pieces and just bring that, that, in, that's you know, true so, that, I'm they, sure some people guys in the minor leagues like Josh Lowe uh, who could come up uh, at some point um, so I I hate to say that you know well the, there's no competition but I don't think there is much of a competition for him I think that he gets to 600 plate appearances this year. And with 600 plate appearances, we're talking about who can about a guy who can get 40 home runs. We really are, and that's that's the interesting thing. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I'm sure some people were laughing, or or you know raising an eyebrow when you said that he wouldn't be challenged for playing time in Tampa Bay. But I really do believe that that defense is going to help Renfro lock into at least 550, which would also be uh, a, a career high. So we'll see how he does. If you project like a 230 batting average, that's still a 14 point upgrade. And then there could be the upside to get back to the 248 of 2018. He could be an interesting late round buy. Now I'm going to lay out a bit for you to talk about the prospects and, and their dynasty value. Xavier Edwards, as we mentioned, uh, no real pop to speak of. I don't know if there's any development there, but tons no. of speed and tons of batting average. And then Jake Cronenworth after that. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to hit 15 home runs in a season in the major leagues. So, I mean, okay. he may he may have a like he he's probably a guy who is going to average like seven home runs in the majors. Uh, OK, so that being said, I think he can hit 290, 300. And I think he can steal as many bases as the Rays will let him steal. Hey, so that like, plays. I mean, he he's so he's got like 70, 80 grade speed. Premium uh, Malik Smith. Yeah, I think like the, that's the, about like right. The oh. Malik Smith that that they had in 2018 mm-hmm. when he hit 296, right? I think he he can take a walk. Uh, and he did ha- have a little bit of regression, uh, kind of in his in his approach this year, but that could always be something that he's just working on right now. Uh, he does not strike out. Like he, if you go look at his strikeout rates. In the minor league so far, uh, I mean, we're we're talking like ten percent strikeout rate. Oh wow! Uh, you know, I mean, so 
I think uh, Wander Franco coming up doesn't strike out either. They're, they're going to be an interesting team with some of these guys that mm-hmm. just bat to ball all day long. So, I mean, he's, he's, <coughs> me. far, he's far away. I mean, he just reached high A. He's, he's only 20 years old. Uh, so he, he's probably not going to be up for a while. Uh, this is a guy that I was really targeting in uh, in Dynasty Leagues when he was, you know, coming out of the, the – 18 draft so mm-hmm. I, I mean i would try it to acquire him he's going to be expensive right now but uh, i think he's well worth it this is going to be a real interesting Edward. team because they also have uh vidal brujan who's a guy i love in the infield yes. there so uh they're gonna he's have on a... 40 man now by the way mm-hmm. brujan or else a... he'd have been uh fit uh, i believe he would have been rule five eligible right yeah did I read that correctly? Sorry, I had a sneezing fit there. I, I, I caught it for the I caught my mute button for the rest of them, but that first one attacked me out of nowhere. Um, Edwards gonna be twenty, had forty six games at high A, acquitted himself well, three hundred one, three forty one on on the average OBP, three sixty seven slug. But again, that's that's the power that we're dealing with here. Does he go to double A or does he start at uh, high A again for the Rays? Hmm, that's a good. I think he probably starts at high A. Here's the the real answer though. It doesn't matter because he's no. not coming up this year he's at not all. Anyway, up this right? Year. This is a dynasty only guy. I mean, Bruhan's a guy who uh, I'll be. In, I'm more interested to see where he starts. Because mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's almost identical kind of profile. Where a guy who doesn't. Yes. Have a, I mean, he's got more power than Edwards, uh, but he. But he doesn't strike out a he whole doesn't lot. Strike out, and he's got a ton of speed. Uh, I think he was he's in a double guy A could, last year. Yeah, he's a guy that could make a like he he should be like a late forties or your fiftieth round pick in draft and holds. Uh, I agree. Just on the upside, so he he's a guy that uh, I'm I've got a lot of dynasty shares, but I'm also targeting in in real deep redrafts. Yep, those forty round draft and or fifty round draft and holds, you can get a Vidal Bruhan. Don't you don't need to get Xavier Edwards this year and any, anything that's a redraft. What about Jake Cronenworth, who goes with Tommy Pham back to uh, back to San Diego? Interesting kind of guy in that um, he had a really good year at AAA, uh, played about just over half season, 406 played appearances, 10 homers, 12 steals, uh, 15% strikeout, 12% walk, 334 average. Also pitches a little bit. Nothing special about what he does pitching-wise, but did get seven in the third innings. So he's like one of those hybrid guys here that we've got uh, where, where he primarily hits but but can come in and pitch. Is Jake Cronenworth going as age 26 season, is he just like a 26th man type of deal for the Padres? Do you think he gets any run this year? And does he have any fantasy value? I don't think he has fantasy value for this year. Maybe he's kind of a reserve guy in NL only. Okay. Uh I mean, here's the, he's got the glove to stick or to, to play a lot of different positions. So yes. if the Padres, all of the infield, right? Yeah, he can pretty much play all all of the infield. So if the Padres decide maybe they want to let Greg Garcia loose or, or Ian Kinsler loose or Ian Kinsler's carcass, like I yeah. love Ian Kinsler, but dude, but he he's he's there for leadership. That's true. I mean, that's that's all he's delivering at yeah. this point. He had a 70 WRC plus for crying out loud. So yeah, Jake Cronenworth, NL only reserve maybe. You could you could sneak yeah. him as your last pick and, and try to see it's if there's anything so hard there. To but see where he can get playing time. 
It would have they would require some injuries, right? That you can't foresee. So that's why it's that deep. I could see somebody in NL labor because they go pretty deep, and y'all go pretty deep in NL tout as well. Mm-hmm. I could see him going in one of those reserves. Um, not on my team, but yes, but not your team. Okay, uh, so that's the trade again, not finalized. So that might all be meaningless analysis, but uh, hopefully, fans. Elbow. Apparently, there's something in the trade that allows it to still go through, even if they're not as comfortable with their um, with fans elbow. I don't know if that's Tampa Bay giving something more or moving down from rent uh, from Edwards to something else. I don't know, but I have heard that there is apparently something in place that would uh, uh, basically get this to go through eventually. But as is right now, still in a holding pattern. Let's move on. DD Gregorius to Philly. Now, unlike so many of these other guys we've been talking about, he's not coming off a peak. In fact, he is coming off a trough, man. He was he was tough. And he was bouncing back from t- Tommy John, which I think when hitters have it, we just expect like, hey, they'll be fine. Nothing nothing to worry about here. And he just wasn't himself. You know where he, he was really also a guy flopped? who had it late, though, too. Like, he, he, he yes. wasn't like he like had a full year or even six months full to really recover. Like, he had to... He 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 missed part of the beginning of the season and really had to try to hit the ground running and I think that 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 can make you struggle, for sure. And if you look under the hood, there's actually some encouraging factors with DD, including the fact that his exit velo actually went up. You know where things really went south is that he couldn't have been worse at home, and that was a place where he thrived. Yankee Stadium has made him, but he had a 570 OPS with a 197 BABIP, dude. So there was some really bad luck. It's only 344 plate appearances. He goes over to Philly. I believe in current drafts, he's like the 23rd shortstop, which speaks more to the depth of shortstop <laughs> than anything about Didi. Uh, 24th right now at pick 224. How do you feel about Didi and Philly, and how do you feel about that price? It's hard because I don't think that price is egregious one way or another. Uh, I don't think it is. I, I think because, I love it, though. Yeah, it's... I think it's fair. Like that's where I'm going to be picking my middle infielder, you know, in in the Paul DeYoung, the Kevin Newman, Didi Gregorius. Yeah, he's by Paul DeYoung, so of course you're not going to take Gregorius. I'll so probably that, have more that, shares that. of Newman this year. I really yeah. like Kevin Newman. Multi position uh, eligible uh, is probably going to lead off for the Pirates and mm-hmm. going outside the top 200 picks. Like I, that feels like a great deal. I feel you on that. Um, so, I just it's it, he's in an interesting spot being in Philadelphia. It's a very very nice lineup around him. Uh, the question is like, where is he going to hit in that lineup right now? You know, we have him batting fifth. You know, on the roster resource page, I have a hard time believing they're going to bat him fifth. Uh, but if they do, that's a really good spot in a pretty loaded lineup. That would definitely work. Um, goes to another good park, so might not be much. So the the move might not change much, but a year, uh, you know, an off season of recovery and getting back to who Didi Gregorius was 
Good might be the real difference here. in terms of the pitchers. Pitching. He's gonna be yes. Seeing. I mean, <laughs> that's, and that's a good point. That's a really good point. The Marlins um, have good pitching. The Mets have good pitching. The Braves have the good Nats. pitching. The Nats have amazing pitching. It's just yeah. Like no, that's a great call out. Like it's like don't get me wrong. We we do like Philadelphia as a hitter's park. We like the lineup, but there's going to be a lot of matchups where you're going. Oh, do I? You know, if he's got a set on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Nationals, how often is he going to be heading to your reserve? Yeah, you're not going to be loving that. Um, you know, especially if it lines up Scherzer, Strauss, Corbin, and you're like, mm-hmm. Ugh. yeah, it's two righties, but it's two of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Now, it's a great call out there to all the NL East guys. Maybe, maybe they got to go down a little bit. Maybe the tiebreaker goes to yeah. somebody in a easier division there because especially uh, the guys yeah especially the guys who are uh aren't stars like yes you know yes i mean i'm obviously not gonna move bryce harper no 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 no, no, based on that but a guy like yeah a guy like dd that that makes it much easier for me to take newman over over dd yeah you trust your superstars um that they they do superstar things even against superstar players. So I feel you on all that. I like the price for Didi Gregorius. I can see getting a few shares, but I do like some guys around there as well, including Kevin Newman, who's a good call out by you. And uh, maybe we'll talk more about him as the uh, off season develops. Continuing on, Nomar Mazzara gets traded to the White Sox for Steel Walker, who is now Steel Walker, Texas Ranger, which. <laughs> I love first off Steel Walker on its own. Very cool name. That dude is awesome. But uh, now to be a Texas Ranger, it's too perfect. But let's talk about Mazar. Now, I wrote this up yesterday and um, I identified the fact that they had the worst production in right field last year. So the fact that Mazara, even in his like just under league average work of generally like a mid nineties WRC plus is going there. He's improving them. Now, the way we do the the positional thing, we include everyone who played there and their full deal. So Larry Garcia's full season was counted, even though he was barely a right fielder. So it was a 71 WRC+. Rob Silver went the extra step and just calculated what they got from right fielders. And it was a 53 WRC+. The only outfield position that was worse were the Royals center fielders. So and and so he just accentuates my point of even if Mazzara just kind of remains who he is, this is still a big upgrade for the White Sox. Now, so that's what that's what they're seeing. But now let's talk about Mazzara himself. He's consistently been the next big thing for a lot of folks, but man has he been plateaued for basically his whole career. 2020, 2019 homers Plate appearances are actually going down, though, so you're like, okay, well, the ISO is going up. That's the one good thing. But so are the strikeouts. The walks are going down. He's only going to be 25, but I've been a guy who's been in on him. I peeled back this year, and I'm going to remain back. Like, I'm not – I'm just not seeing where this – I understand somebody who has this many plate appearances at age 24 and has actually shown – you know, some bits of quality, you know, it gets like a 500 foot homer every year, it seems. And uh, there is some punch there. And it's not expensive, 243. But 
I'm just, it's so blah at this point. Is Nomar Mazar somebody that you want at age 25? Oh, I want to say yes, because I've loved Mazara for a long yeah. time. But uh, we're talking about a guy who hit 220 versus lefties last year. Uh, and it started costing him time, too. Yeah, and he's a career 231 hitter against left-handed pitching. And that that is, I mean already we've got him slated. I mean this is this is how much we trust him uh, as Fangrass roster resource. Uh, uh, they we currently have him projected to be the strong side of the platoon with Adam Engel. There you go. Like that's that feels brutal. And and we're also talking about a team in the White Sox that have pieces that are going to be coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's you know Luis Robert is you should be up with like three L- weeks. Larry Garcia is holding his place, right? Yeah, but and then Robert's going to come in and go into center. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, maybe and- maybe he's he's safe for a little while, but still, I mean, do we? It's not like you have to pay much for him. He, he's currently going as the number sixty fifth uh, outfielder off the board. Uh, Two hundred forty two. Yeah, your boy, boy Renfro's seventy two. Yeah, maybe just wait for him. Grisham is uh, you know is seventy six. I actually like the two vets going ahead of him, and I, I usually would would lean on a twenty five year old over two crusty vets, but I like Jay up Justin Upton on a rebound. And Ryan Braun is literally never bad. Like you know what you're getting at this point from him. But where's Braun? But if you look play? first, isn't he a free agent? No. Am I wrong? Oh, he has yeah. one more year. Yeah, he's got Sorry. one more. And they don't. They don't. They got rid of Aguilar, Thames, and Shaw. That's right. First okay. base is kind of his right now. Not that I'm putting him down for 600 plate appearances, but give me my. Give me my 500 of, of quality work. He still runs. Mm-hmm. He was 11 for 12 last year. Uh, he hit 285. So, you know, again, I love that Mazar's 25. Hey, I've been a believer yeah. myself. But Give me Nick's cousin, AJ. Yeah. <laughs> AJ Pollock going mm-hmm. uh, just ahead. So, I don't know. I, I just don't know how many shares. I might still get one more. I'm going to grab a couple shares. Just, just on the, the chance that he figures it out. Maybe they, maybe they've seen something. Maybe they unlock something. Uh, he like, I hope he's so young. I mean, he's still so young with all this experience, a change of scenery, uh, an organization that's, you know, going to give him a vote of confidence, uh, and give him an opportunity. So I just also think the white Sox are a team that fancies themselves, uh, competitors. At least fringe competitors yeah. on the rise. You know, I mean, this the is upstart. a division that's winnable. For sure. I mean, that, that's why it made me take the Twins last year. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see the Cleveland Indians as, like, owning the division. Yeah. And so, and now I don't look at the Twins and say that they're unbeatable. I, I think they're good again. I think the Indians have a lot of interesting pieces. But the White Sox, if things break right, you know, they have, <laughs> they have a history of taking the literal worst pitcher in baseball and making him one of the best. With Giolito, maybe they can do it with Reynaldo Lopez. I'm just kidding. That's not like, – you can't bank on that. But he was literally the worst pitcher last year when you factor in innings and all that. But uh, I still love him because I'm stupid. I'm so a stupid you, human so being. Do you believe in Carson Fulmer? No, Reynaldo Lopez is <laughs> – God. But, they, you know, they got Giolito. 
Lopez, these they, they need pitching behind that though. They would need. I, I think they'll be in the middle well, market. Kopech is is. Uh, Kopech will take one spot. Up. So then but you then just you need have, a five. Yeah, so, I mean and, between and, Covey and Fulmer, that's fine. They've got Dane Dunning, who's going to be coming up at some point next season. Uh, he's an interesting prospect. So I don't necessarily think they need to go get a starter. If if anything, I think they should go get a big bullpen piece if they can. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. One one last thing on Mazzara. Uh, moving to the White Sox might actually mitigate a potential downgrade in park for him had he stayed with Texas because they're going to their new park and it's going to have a retractable roof and that sucker is going to be closed almost all the time. So it's going to mitigate the climate impacts of Texas where the you know 110 plus oppressive heat helps the ball fly. Now he's going to get to play in guaranteed rate. And uh, I think that that's going to help a little bit there. We don't know how the new Ranger Stadium is going to play, but I think it's a safe bet to say it's not going to play as well as Globe Life. And so this is actually a nice little – it's not a, a plus to what Mazzara's already done. It's a plus on what he would have been projected for had he stayed with Texas. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. So there we're, we're done with that. Uh, do you have anything to say on Steel Walker besides a cool name? Does he have any dynasty impact? You know, I honestly don't know enough about him. haven't seen him play, so I, I... – don't want to speak out of turn. He was a 40-plus guy, second-rounder from 2018. Um, nothing jumps out. The, the only thing that really jumps out in his profile that we have is a, is a 60 raw. Mm-hmm. And so if he can translate that into something, there might be a little something-something there. Doesn't strike out too much. but um, Almost was 10% high walk rate last year. So, I mean... But he was at high A as a 22-year-old, so he's a little bit older for the level. So nothing crazy there. If something develops, then, you know, Justin will tell you guys to go get him in Dynasty. Uh, Brett Gardner, back to the Yankees. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Porcello and Walker. Oh, I skipped the two pitchers. Sorry. See, Mets always getting short shrift to the— Mets always getting short shrift to the the Yankees. My bad. My bad. (laughs) Yes. Porcello and Walker—Rick Porcello and Michael Walker— going to the Mets to stabilize the back end of their rotation. Let's discuss. Let's start with who do you like better first? We'll start with whoever you like better. I'm going to go Waka. Okay. But I think both of them become very interesting moving to New York uh, and that park, uh, especially as kind of a back end guy of your, of your rotation, a guy to just take a flyer on. Uh, I just prefer Waka. Um, no more Mazar just texted me. No more Mazar just texted me. He said, "Bro, you have never quit on this Michael Walker guy, and you're already <laughs> going to quit on me. And I'm only 25. <laughs> F you, dude. That's a root. For, I don't know how he got my number, but he might be right. I I never quit on Walker, and like I don't know why, dude. I'm still I'm always mm-hmm. kind of like a one foot in, and the second that he shows me something, I run to the waiver wire to get him. Or I was drafting him late for years and years and years, or not even late all the time. Like there were years there where I was actually paying something. So he's going to go there. It's a good park. Now we talked about that they need to improve their defense. They haven't yet. The idea is that they're going to though. Mm-hmm. But if what if they keep the J.D. Davis, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto outfield? That would not be good. Uh, I, it would support them offensively, but it I would not assume, support them defensively. I assume they're going to trade either Mats or Syndergaard. Okay. So, I mean, I don't think they brought in Michael Walker to be a middle reliever. 
Yeah, correct. Uh, he currently does not have a spot. It's DeGrom, Thor, Strowman, Mats, Porcello, and then Waka chilling in the cut. That, yeah. uh, so and so I, they need a spot for him. I assume that they are going to move either Syndergaard or Mats, uh, probably in combination with Lowry for something. Okay. Um, you know, whether, in the outfield, maybe? Yeah, whether that be an outfielder uh, or... I don't even know, honestly. I mean, the, their lineup is not bad. Their defense no. is just awful. It, it runs deep, but, yeah, the defense sucks. Now, Ahmed Rosario started to sh- show some improvement at shortstop in season. Um, I don't know where Cano's defense is right now. He was obviously a defensive I stalwart. Mean, he's like 60, so it can't be great. I was going to say in his, in his earlier days, but he's going to be 37 next year. I can't imagine that he's still picking it with any with We any got him sort out as of... a barely positive defensive player. Okay, so he's not the problem. So the infield looks to be better than the outfield, which speaks for Porcello, who's always been more of a more of a ground ball guy, though not a heavy one in recent years. In fact, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna amend that. Two of his last three years, he's been sub forty percent on the ground ball rate. So I had my my old perception of of Porcello still locked in. So he's gonna get is burnt by the outfield. As, uh, as as maybe Waka will. Home runs have been a big issue for Porcello recently. One seven, one three, one six are his three numbers the last uh, three seasons. This park is better though, even with those three outfielders out there. If they get a premium center fielder, right? They've been talking about Marte. Um, if they get somebody who's a premium center fielder, how much does that change your outlook on these guys and their pitchers in general? Is that enough to, to make a, a valid change? If they, a defensive first center fielder that they're, that they're just like super gung-ho about. I mean, they got one in, in Resnick. He's only short side. Yeah, it'll definitely bump up. Uh, it'll definitely bump up Porcello. Definitely bump up Walker for me. Probably Mats as well. Stro. Uh, he is a heavy ground ball he's, guy. Yeah, he's such a heavy ground ball guy that I don't know that it matters. Okay. I, I think it maybe if they went and got a, you know, better defensive shortstop. I but mean, they I, like they love Rosario. They're not they're not gonna do that. I know, but they talk about moving Rosario out to center field. Well, so. that, that's well, if they did that, and he if he took to center field and they got a premium like shortstop, they do Cindergaard and something else for Lindor. Oh my god, that'd be interesting. I, I felt like they were they were peeling back on that Rosario to center field stuff later in the season as he started to improve at shortstop. But we'll we'll stay tuned on that as it stands right now. Porcel and Waka both are dirt cheap. It, it's it's kind of your personal preference if you want to buy in. It's that late round pitcher that you know that you're probably not keeping all year anyway. Waka's a complete afterthought at six forty six. Uh, so he's draft and hold only right now. And then Porcello is 432, which almost puts him in only uh, draft and hold territory yeah. as well, right? I took so, a yeah. shot on Waka in my draft and hold, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, just because he was so cheap, uh, so late. Um, yeah, that's 29th round for Porcello, too. So, uh, yeah, they're both free if you want them. Would yeah, you take I, them I in got, a I got standard league? Pick seven eleven. Oh my goodness! So I mean, it's nothing. 
you gotta so. walk us therapy. Would would you take them in? Um, would you take them in a standard league right now where it's an no. NFBC thirty rounder? No. Okay, okay. So you just put little stars next to them, saying keep an eye as potential waiver pickups. But other than that, it's just draft and hold. So uh, yeah, but they do add some depth. It's interesting depth. If one of those guys broke well for them, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I hope it's Walker though. I just always have liked him. Now Brett Gardner back to the Yankees. Why? I don't. Think <laughs> that was my question exactly, dude. Why? I don't think this does anything for him. Okay, it's fine or whatever. It just muddies up everything for what they've got going on. And why do they hate Clint Frazier? Why do they hate? I mean, I feel like this is also kind of a Mike Talkman burn, isn't it? No, talk. I think Talkman's still starting and left. Well, then where's Andahar play on the bench? No way! That's where we have him. That's wrong, is what I'm saying. Stanton to left, but Andahar to DH. 100%, dude. Yeah, Look, that's what I would hey, do, too. No, we yeah, do, you're we right. do amazing work here. Jason Martinez, you're you're a beast at what you do. I just don't agree with you on this one. Um, but, you know, and, and okay, Talkman, yes, he'll have uh, some left field starts where Stanton DHs at times. That's not going... Andahar is not going to be primarily a bench player. Yeah, I don't think he's a short side platoon guy either. I, I don't no. understand. I mean, I get why they do this, but at the same time, it's also super frustrating. At some point, Aaron Hicks will come back, I assume. Uh, that'll be a little late, though. He yeah. He's got the Tommy John in oh, October. Right, yeah. yeah, then he's, yeah, he's so out till Let's consider him July. a non-factor this year. You say you understand why they do this. I do, too. When you come off a season with that many injuries and you bring back somebody like this who, who yes, he's going to be older and, and he's you know going into his age 36 season, but the dude is pretty darn durable. And, and yeah. he plays. And he bangs and, a good bat against the top oh, of the dugout. I mean, Absolutely. Like, no 24 one. bangs is a slider, yes. dude. It's just so – it just – and you know he's an older guy. He you know he's he's a leader in that clubhouse. Uh, yeah, it just sucks for fantasy because yeah, we'd we'd love to see Talkman, Talkman, Frazier, Andahar, uh, those I mean, three guys. Who yeah. else can play center on this team? Talkman, that's it. That's it. So yeah. I mean, they needed to bring somebody in just in case. You know, Talkman turns back into a pumpkin. Or... And, and keep in mind, Talkman, new to the fantasy game, not a young buck. He's 29 this year, coming into 2020. So you're right, they did. And it's understandable if frustrating, but that's where it's at right now. They might not be done, though, either. Maybe they make other moves. You know, maybe they shift some things around. They're talking about moving Hap's money. So maybe they figure that out, but they have to send like a Luke Voigt with him. And that opens up first, and then Andahar goes to first. Yeah, I think that that would be a really interesting uh, kind of choice. Because, yeah, I mean, Andahar should be playing first anyways. Oh, my God, yeah. He's, he's one of the most brutal, brutal third basemen yeah, ever. brutal defensively. So uh, if they were able to package Voight uh, with somebody else. I would else, cry, by the way. I like uh, Luke Voigt, and I like him in Yankee Stadium. I know, but, I mean. It, he's not a lefty. It's not like he needs. Yeah, yeah I, I think he. And he's got real man, yeah, he's got real manpower. He's not yeah, yeah. like he's not he's not gonna hurt. The problem is like what's the market for a first baseman like Luke Voigt? Like, I that's like, where the tough do you part put is like, Luke Voigt. 
well, but we could go back to Milwaukee. And I, I just got done geeking up on Ryan Braun. But he could Braun can still go back out to left field and push Gamble to the bench. So then they go Voight. And their pitching is not so set that they couldn't find some interest in Hap. <laughs> Hap is like the perfect Milwaukee Brewer pitcher. Of course like, he is, dude. Uh, yeah. This five Especially guy if they eat that, some like, money on it, yeah. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the move there, uh, particularly if the Yankees – you know, make it make it juicy for them, and to where they don't really have to give much back. They take they make it cheaper for them, but they you know, they want to get rid of some of the money, and they say, hey, you know, take on some of this for us, but we'll make it worth your while. We'll give you a Luke Voigt. I don't know, but um, well, other than that, you're right. What's his option? That's, that's perhaps. Yeah, like what does he have to do to vest? Because I think that becomes the much the much bigger issue. On on what uh, Milwaukee would want to do in terms of, if, okay, 165 innings or, or 27 starts, gets an, another 17 mil in 2020. Uh, they'll just they'll just they put an o- they'll just put an opener in front of them. Of course, that's of course, that's dude. easy. He's getting opened for freaking two months in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. and you can you're not even doing it to somebody like Brandon Woodruff, who's a beast. You're doing it to J-Hap, who's perfectly cromulent, but yeah. not a stud. I like that call. Bingo, yeah, bingo, 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 Milwaukee. So. That's their big acquisition is Luke Voigt and J-Hap. That could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Voigt on that lineup, I, I think I'd actually like him more. He'd be more in the middle of the lineup. So maybe that would improve my, my love for him because he's been a guy I've been talking up a bit. He takes that five spot or even that six spot. Right now he's projected to hit nine for the Yankees. So yeah, okay, there we go. Let's let's get it. Voit to Milwaukee. All right, um, just a few more moves, and they're smaller ones, so we'll wrap up here pretty quickly. Tanner Roark to Toronto. They've been talking about getting pitching all off season. It was never going to be the top dog pitching, uh, but they got Chase Anderson from the aforementioned Milwaukee Brewers, and now they add Tanner Roark. They're starting to get some depth. That those are their one two guys though. Ugh, Ugh so gross. Yes. The guy who struggled, yeah, no, guy who struggled with home runs last year in Toronto, in Toronto, in the AL East, East. yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm a Tanner guy. I like Tanner as kind of like one of those cheap guys at the back end of your fantasy rotation. But I've benefited from the two great seasons Mm -hmm. in 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 league title. Uh, fashion. Mm-hmm. I picked him up off the waiver wire on the first one, and then I drafted him for nothing in 2016. So and, and I've always had honest, an affinity I mean, for Roark. He hasn't been bad considering the last two years, considering where you're getting him. Which yeah, is typically he's just off been, the waiver wire. It's 150 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, is a guy you that's... spot him. Yeah. So, so we're spotting him again, maybe. I don't know. No, I'm, I'm not, not drafting. No way. Not in Toronto. I, I would, I'm not. No. I would be waiver spotting him. He goes on the road to Detroit and KC for a two-step. Yeah, maybe. There you go. Yeah, I think that's, that's your Tanner Roark. Like he, he's a, he's that kind of waiver type guy now, yeah. where you're picking him on and uh, up up and down off your roster for different spot starts elsewhere in the league, not in division. Good for because him. Because that though, division is twelve so million tough. a year. That's yeah. Good for hey, him. Yeah. You you can if you consistently beat up innings that are better than league average like a 435 ERA for a major league team that's not bad for no, 31 innings exactly. so you make 12 milli off of that good for you i agree with you on that I'd now people beat me up and beat me around for 12 million dollars a year 
I do and, it on this podcast for way less than twelve million. For way less than that, you stupid idiot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's talk about your ball club quickly, though. Kevin Gosman, Zach Cozart, two different moves there. Now, when the first guy Gosman, speaking of guys I can't quit, I was like, <laughs> okay, could he maybe snake the uh, closer's job? Nah, they're starting him. Uh, but that park. I can't I can't fully I can't fully say no because of the park, dude. I want to back out. I wanted to only be interested if it was relief. But with that park, there is some appeal for Gossman. So we'll start with him and then get into uh, Kozart. What do you think of Kevin Gossman? Do you think there's something that y'all can untap? Your your Giants can maybe get him that third pitch, or is it just, hey, start him at home and see what he's got? Our first ever conversation that you and I had, or it was on like episode eight of the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast back in like 2015, uh, in which you and I argued about who loved Kevin Gosman more. <laughs> That's so on brand. It's ridiculous. Um, no, I love him more. No, dude. Yeah, it was. Much it was fan. pretty much me yelling at you because I didn't feel like you had Kevin Gosman ranked high enough. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, <laughs> so that being said, uh, yeah, I'm buying back in. Yeah, I mean, we're stupid. It's just, it's so dumb. It's it's gonna backfire. And please don't listen. Like, just hit the thirty second forward mark. Yes, uh, us, a dude. couple times. We'll, we'll take we'll take the heat on it. Yeah. We'll, we're not telling you to draft him. This is one of those do as I say, not as I do, because we're gonna draft him. And we'll I'm, tell I'm you gonna, the results. Yeah, I'm going to fall for it again. Uh, I mean, I just think the Giants are a better organization in terms of, of developing pitching. The hard part is it is virtually an entirely new coaching staff, so we can't even use like the Giants track record necessarily. True. But it can't be any worse than what he went through in Baltimore. So True. Uh, but he did go to Atlanta, and they didn't really have anything for him. He did go to Cincy, though, who uh, Derek Johnson, their pitching coach, got – coach of the year and they got a lot out of him but again that was as a reliever so that's that's kind of the bummer is that you saw what he was able to do when he was just shortening up in relief can they take it to the uh to the next level he needs a third pitch he's needed a third pitch since you and i first argued about him yeah so i mean i don't know that a ton has changed other than the fact that he has a fantastic home park Mm -hmm. uh and a you know pretty good catcher in posey Maybe someone there knows. They say, "Hey, we are gonna. We 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 know what he can do. We see what he can spin, and we think we can give him this breaking ball." Yeah. I don't know. Here's hoping. I don't. I I don't believe that. That I'm not operating under that assumption. So it's gonna be fastball splitter, which doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. But if he found a worthy breaking ball, if Kevin Gosman found something he could trust in the 9 to 12% range, just to keep people off balance, plus a beautiful home park, that could be enough. I mean, to be give, a, give, a, me, give me Kevin Gosman over Rick Porcello. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So. Sure. We're done. All right, Zach Cozart. Obviously, it all comes don't down care. to health with, with him. Okay, you don't care. Then I, we're I moving mean, on. Even, even if he's healthy, like, that, like the, the park change, and I know that they're – Moving the bullpens out into center field, so they're they're cutting they off the triples alley in, yeah. a little bit. But 
Uh, I don't think that's necessarily supposedly with the current uh, setup. Brandon Belt would have had five more home runs last year. Oh my God, he's like you yes. gotta buy back into that one, right? Um, <laughs> hey, it would have been a twenty homer season for the first time in his career. He's been uh, that elusive twenty homer yeah, season. It's, it's so ugly, um, but yeah, I mean. I guess you just keep an eye on him, and if he looks really good or goes on a hot streak, maybe you ride the hot streak. But I mean, the for only Kozar. nice thing, yeah, for Kozart, the only nice thing for him is he's probably going to hit in the middle of that lineup as long as he's healthy. Yeah, um, uh, I think he kind of question curbs is where does he play Mauricio Dubon? I think yeah. he might cut into Mauricio. This is again, this is with health, of course, because Kozart mm-hmm. has been uh, dreadfully. Uh, unhealthy since getting are, to the Angels. Are you after on the roster brilliant. resource page for the Giants? Yes, with all that blood <laughs> red of all y'all's the platooning uh, they're going to have to do. 15 platoons. Oh my god. There, I think there's two fantasy relevant players on the Giants. Yaz and Posey? Yeah. That's, I mean, at least hitters, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Samarja's still relevant, I think. Cueto's mm-hmm. interesting. Gosling's, Who's going to close? Sean Anderson, I think. You think so? Yeah, I That's took, I took in. him in uh, in that draft and hold. Okay. I mean, okay. There, there's a chance they uh, they go and give someone else. Uh, I, I just can't imagine they're gonna they're gonna bring in like a guy worth very much money. So maybe yeah. maybe they bring in a guy. I don't know, let's let, let's go look at the free agent tracker and and kind of look at some of the. Relief pitchers that are out too there. Too bad Reyes Maranta had to have so- shoulder surgery. Yeah. Because he could have been the guy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I just, there's not much out there that, I mean, maybe they bring back Sergio Romo? Yeah. I just, I. Will Harris? Yeah, I just don't see him spending any money yeah. at all. I mean, it just, uh,. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna give anybody money to come in. What about Derek Holland? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that did not end well. Uh, okay, okay. I think we're I think we're good there with the, with the Giants. Speaking of somebody that they would have had to pay to bring in to be their closer, Blake Trinan will not be closing anywhere um, because he's going to the Dodgers on a one year ten million dollar deal. I imagine lots of teams were in that range ready to get him. He goes to a team where he's going to be um, in the mix of the setup role. This could turn out brilliantly for the Dodgers, right? And it can't really go wrong because nope. if he no such thing is as a bad one-year deal, right? Yeah, and if he's, saying? If, if he's as bad as he was last year, bye. Uh, you know, we 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 hide you slash cut you, and if he's anywhere close to eighteen. He's a brilliant setup man for Jansen, something they've been lacking for quite a while. So this is interesting. Um, are you taking him in any draft and holds as like a Maybe middle relief fill-in type of guy? Super late. I imagine in the round like 40s, 30s, right? Is yeah. where he'd be available. I'd see. I'd say I'd say early 40s. I, I would. I think about it I mean, only because I don't know that you're going to get him there though. He's 367. Although uh, that's going to drop. The range is 280. The range is 286 to 519, and you're right, it's going to drop because 
he's not close. Yeah, people thought he'd get a shot, you know, at a, at a closing situation. So, I mean, let's not forget, like, not only was he dominant in terms of his ERA and the amount of saves he got in 2018, he got a ton of strikeouts. He had 100 strikeouts in 80 innings. Uh, so, I, I think... So nice. And, obviously, if he's on and Jansen gets hurt and he's had, Jansen's had injury issues... He would obviously be first man up, so yes, I yes, think he. Yes. I think in a draft and hold, uh, you know, f- round 42, 43, somewhere around there, I I might take a shot on him depending on the construction of my team. Okay, yeah, I think that that works uh, with, with Blake Trinan. Um, those deep drafts, you take a shot, especially if you're not a big saves buyer, or if you have Jansen and you want a handcuff. I, I think it's not a terrible handcuff because he could still get you some appealing strikeouts. All right. Well, I think we've covered everything. We hit the uh, refresh on um, trade rumors here just to make sure. Okay. This is not like something that is crazy, but I'm going to mention it just because it's slightly interesting. Um, Buddy Reed is who the athletics are going to get to complete the jerks and profile deal. And he's an interesting outfielder from the Padres that I remember from the fall league. Cause he really kind of killed it there, including in the fall stars game. Is there any appeal for Buddy Reed, though, uh, beyond that? Because I saw him in a short glimpse, and then I realized that he was 24 at AA this year, so and he had a 698 OPS. So it's kind of a lottery ticket type, but do you have any, any love for Buddy Reed? Mm, he's, so he's going back to he's Oakland? Going, he's going to Oakland to complete, because it was a player to be named later. He's an interesting guy because he's fast. And he is indeed fast. Supposedly a pretty good fielder. Okay. Uh, and so we're talking about a typical Oakland type. Yeah, we're talking about a well, and we're talking about a team in Oakland that uh, doesn't necessarily have a an amazing outfield. Yeah. So I could see him, you know, forcing his way in. He's gonna probably go to AAA, but I mean, they're starting with Mark Canha as their left fielder. Because he hits so well, but his defense, and, you know. And Piscotti's been garbage. Yeah. All right, so maybe he could factor in there. And apparently there's some trade talk for Chad Pinder, and so maybe he can become one of the backup outfielders. Should we do an hour right now on Austin Romine to the Tigers or <laughs> make a second pot on did, that? Did the Luis Castillo deal ever go through? No. No. That rumor was hot, and apparently mm. there was some... There was some chatter on it about Luis Castillo for Carlos Correa, essentially, with, with Josh Reddick, I believe, also going to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And it never went through. So uh, talk, to, talk to me about that, because you seem to kind of buy into that rumor a bit, no? Uh, I had a source who had a source. Okay. Uh, and uh, that said that he knew someone within the organization and that it was all but done. Uh, that they were just uh, they were they were doing medicals and some sort of legal issue for Castillo um, was still the only thing holding it up. So I don't know if he got bad information or if maybe one of those issues popped up larger than we think. Okay, well, so it's still something maybe on the burner too. Yeah, maybe so, as they're ironing that stuff out. I think it it, it worst it, it tells me this that uh, the Reds are open to trading Luis Castillo because they've added so much to this rotation uh, and that the Astros are open to trading. I mean, obviously they're open to trading Josh Reddick. I think they'd do anything to yeah. get get him off the team and, and give Kyle Tucker a full run. 
Yeah. But I, it's surprising to hear Correa be available. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really, it really is, dude. Like, I don't know. He's just, he's he can still be so great. And I know he's been a bit when he's disappointing on the field, off of. He is great. Yes. Yes. He's unquestionably great when he's on the field. As much as I give I him just, crap, like, I can see, like, how amazing he is. So he's only really had, like, like, 2018 was down. He had a 100 WRC plus. But in his 75 games of last year, it was a 143. So I don't know, man. It could be really 25. interesting. Like, yeah. he's no, only I, I, 25. I'm not quitting him. I'm not like quitting Correa, dude. Uh, I like, just, he, yeah. He, he got you, you know, 21 homers just in those 75 games. So if you really look at your shortstop spot that you were filling for half a season, yes, that's a bummer. But if you picked up somebody off the wire who also got you like 15 to 20, you still did well at short. The foundation that Correa gave you with 21 homers, 70, uh, excuse me, 42 runs, 59 ribbies, and a 279 average, you could build on that. The depth of shortstop, you probably still did well. Not that you don't attribute what you picked up to Correa, but he did give you a foundation there, and at least it was the deepest position on the diamond that you had to fill. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. If, if obviously if something happens there, we'll be all over it talking about the ramifications there but uh that's gonna wrap it up dude it's been awesome the hot stove has been so fun and i think it'll continue um obviously not to this degree because there's you know not as there's much still talent a left, ton of guys but though, there's out some there. talent yeah I mean, nick castellanos is now the big guy uh at least uh, batter wise ryu is still out there uh so i mean th- there's gonna be it's it's amazing to me that uh, Boris will have sold a billion dollars worth. Billion. Of, I mean, a whole billion a in terms of contracts. Billion, it's just insane. Because what does he get? Like five percent, ten percent? I don't. I mean, dude, even if it's like five percent, it's still unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. You know, one little move that maybe we should talk about. I know I keep trying to wrap up, but then I'm like. Should we should we mention Josh Lindblom to the Brewers? Because this happened yesterday. He's coming back from Korea, where he put up three really strong seasons, including a, a heck of a year this year, 195 innings of a 250 ERA and a uh, .99 whip, 8.7 strikeouts, 1.3 walks, kept the ball in the yard. He has not gone and like found velocity. He's still like 91 miles an hour. But apparently he's got incredible spin rates, according to the article I'm reading on Trade Rumors. And so apparently he's just got great spin rates to make that fastball pop. And he's going to be coming through and, and starting for them. Because when we were looking, when we were talking about the uh, Brewers, I was looking at their rotation. I saw him in there and I should have brought him up then. But then I'm like, maybe we'll just mention it just because there's been some interesting players to come back from overseas and, and be impactful and they decided to give him a uh, $18 million deal over three years. Or that's what it can max out to with perform- performance bonuses. Yeah. It's guaranteed for nine mil. It could be upwards of 18. Pardon me on that. I mean, here's the thing. It's, I think there is a good shot that he is worth what they paid. Okay. Uh, he kind of falls in the Miles Mikolas uh, category for me. Um, and I know this is a lazy comp, but it's I don't I don't think it's unfair only because we just don't know. Like we don't yeah. know how good he's going to be, and we don't know 
how long he – I mean, Miklas was amazing in 2018. And he wasn't bad last year. No. But and he, he, he definitely he didn't get what you paid for. That's um, true. So we just don't know, like, how long these guys can't – you know, as the league starts to catch up to him and see him more, like, are they going to be able to maintain, you know, hot starts? Uh, we've seen guys – come over and not be very good at all. I mean, uh, uh, God, I'm blanking on dude's name who's actually Korean uh, or Japanese that came over last year uh, that struggled. Kikuchi. Kikuchi. You say Kikuchi. Thank you. He was, he was, he was brutal for the, so, uh, for the Mariners. I think there, it's very, very difficult to know when these guys come over from Asia, either Japan or Korea, what they're going to be. And I think a yeah. lot of times we want them we we want to think that it's going to be the best, but I think they'll you know seeing Mikolas and Kikuchi gives you a real idea of like there's a huge range of outcomes. You know, Kikuchi could be a guy that completely bounces back now that he's had some exposure to the league. So. Yeah, and his, his price is going to be if if you believed in Kikuchi last year, you should jump back in this year because he's priced to should. buy. Yep. Yeah, and uh, as far as Lindblom goes. 50-round draft and hold, right? We've been focused a lot on that. Those are the main drafts that are going on. He's picked 597 there. If you want to take that shot, go for it. I'm actually kind of in at that price. I will take him in that deep round there because I have liked the the imports or the the, the returns from Asia uh, more often than not. So I'll take that shot. And if he stinks, I don't cut him because it's a 50-round draft and hold. You don't mm-hmm. cut guys, but you just don't play him, and it's, it's yeah. not the end of the world. You're not going to play a lot of your guys. He's a so, guy that I'm really um, going to watch in spring training. For sure, and if he starts to look good, obviously he'll shoot up the board, but he'll never get to a point where he's going to be cost prohibitive. No, Even no. if Lindblom goes out and beasts in the spring and everyone starts talking about his transformation. He's not going to jump what's up the pick highest? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even say I, 250. Three. Maybe two fifty. I was thinking three. Like if he flips out in spring, I was thinking maybe like yeah, the two seventy right, to three hundred range. He's not gonna have the velocity to really exactly like wow people. People aren't gonna go crazy that he's throwing ninety eight. Tell the spin rate. And like he's you, not. You, you, he's that, right-handed, so yeah. Uh, so I, I think even a great spring would not make him cost prohibitive, but. It would it make me be interested in, in him and probably at like a 350 pick even I could see. I, I don't know that he would reach that high. So that's Josh Lynn Bloom. Just wanted to make sure as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, let's mention it real quick. All right. Um, that's going to wrap us up, dude. Great episode. This was a long one, but it was a lot of fun. We had a lot, to, a lot of stuff to cover. Great talking with you. I will appeal behind the curtain. Your boy was under the weather a bit and not feeling well. Appreciate you uh, running me up saying, hey, are we going to get this done? And uh, thanks for waiting on me. But uh, I really enjoyed this episode, and I'll talk to you next week. All right. Take it easy. Peace.